0: Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Moyes and Jason Royes, welcome back to (laughs) Worldy. Right. Andy, the uh, football league season has yeah. begun, and it begun with with two enormous games for the uh, for the Thames Valley team.
1: Yeah, a b- pretty brutal one for Oxford, and not a great one for Reading either.
0: No, it was a it was a mixed bag, and and it'll be a little bit like this podcast because we are recording this remotely. I am in my uh, holiday digs in Cornwall, tethered off my phone, so apologies for the terrible. Quality, but we thought it very vital, in fact, to uh, assess the opening games of the season for the Thames Valley clubs.
1: If, if nothing else, just so I've got some kind of outlet for my frustrations, because I've done, I've, <laughs> I've done <laughs> yeah. Twitter, I've done my girlfriend, I've done everybody in the car on the way home, I've done a bloke I spoke to in Sainsbury's who was a very angry man, um, and and I <laughs> so I kind of I've, I've got I, I just need one final outlet just to just to talk through what happened up at Barnsley uh, just yesterday. Well, I'll,
0: t- I'll tell you, I've, I've, uh, I've given the notes up on my phone a damn good talking talk <laughs> about the situation. Um, so, yeah, tell us what happened at Barnsley. I mean, first of all, tell me about the trip. I mean, it's a bit of a bastard for the opening game of the season to have a fairly lengthy away game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Although, I mean, to it me, it's
1: a new ground for me. I've never been to Barnsley, so I was quite excited, quite looking forward to it. And actually, the, the, the moment I was, I mentioned this on the previous pod, but um, the, the, re, the moment I realised I was excited about, about the new season was when we got those tickets um, yeah. for, for the Barnsley game. And it's, ah, like, oh, this is an away trip to a new ground I've never been to before, where there's going to be nice and you know all of those things kind of so a lot of positivity going on I kind of hadn't Put that much thought into the transfer activity apart from the fact that we felt a little bit light like, because we'd lost, got I honestly don't even know what the numbers are something like 13 14 players um, right. at the start of the summer, and we've signed like nine. Um, so, I mean, I think there was so I hadn't put a lot of thought into that. I just I was just a, a, a mildly concerned, but we'd done okay pre season. Um, John Abeka who's a a, a a bit of a kind of functional striker, nothing spectacular, has got, got some quality about about. about him, but, but never never hugely exciting he's got a whole bunch of stuff um, pre-season so right. you know a little bit of positivity going into this game barnsley on the other hand i mean they barnsley come down from the championship um one of the big problems with barnsley from our perspective is that, that they they haven't had much in the turn of uh, in the way of player turnover so they've dropped down from the championship um they've got what is effectively a settled side albeit one admittedly that got relegated but it still has a bunch of players who um have played together a lot and this and Are there any uh, mem- memorable names
0: in that? Um,
1: I, uh, I mean to be honest with you no none that I none that, that jumped mm. out at me I mean uh, there were, for the only I'm mean, going to guess the only person from an Oxford United perspective who's um, who's daily recognisable is Alex Mowat who we had on loan last season who actually did a reasonable job yeah. he had to um, he was kind of unfortunately he was filling in for a fella called Jack Payne that we had on loan from Huddersfield um, who then went on to, good, good player yeah to excellent me. player went on to he's now actually at Bradford and scored actually yesterday uh, annoyingly so um, but yeah so uh, Alex Moir was always going to be struggling because he was filling in for Jack Payne, and Jack Payne was involved I mean, in every single goal we scored pretty much up until that <laughs> point. But I thought, I mean, Moir was okay, rather uh, than rather than being spectacular. But so he was, he was kind of the one name uh, on the the Barnsley team sheet that, did, that jumped out of us from an octopus perspective. But um, and he played, he played pretty decently, um, yesterday. So you know so that was a big problem for us, is that that was a it was a pretty settled Barnsley side that we were up against, and our Side is still being cobbled together, and it's it's not finished. And that was and that was very kind of very clear. Um, and also Barnsley, you know, they're they're you know, admittedly relegation level championship players, but championship players nonetheless. So I think sure. So 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 so, the, so so they were a lot better than us. The game panned out like this, right? So we started off, we were. Um, uh, they, they started off pretty bright Barnsley and they came at us and, and you suddenly thought Christ these guys are going to be hard work but actually all credit and mm-hmm. this is something that I've um, I've been really impressed with Carl Robinson since he's come into Oxford he's got his side playing a quite kind of high pressing game like really putting like real massive tempo in the middle third of the pitch okay so not giving mm-hmm. their midfielders any time on the ball um, and it was really good it was really encouraging to see that we were forcing Barnsley into mistakes and that was it was really encouraging and I thought, Do you know what, we've got something here. We've got something. Um, and then about twenty, I think it's about twenty minutes. I'll just check. Actually, it was a bang on twenty minutes. Uh, Mamadou Tiam uh, for Barnsley scored. It was a bit of a speculative shot from about, from what appears to have been. About, I haven't seen the re, the, the replays, but um, appears to have been from about kind of fifteen to twenty yards out. And it's just one of those little bobbler's that went past mm. about a bunch. All of our defenders stood still into the bottom corner. Goalkeeper. Straight kind of, Yeah, and and it, and it was. Because it was a bit of a speculative effort up until that point, I thought I thought we'd been acquitting ourselves acquitting ourselves reasonably well against a side who were better than us. Um, uh, yeah. the 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 most annoying thing though uh, was just just before that goal went in, um, Samia Carruthers, who's a uh, midfielder we have uh, on loan from Sheffield United, who is a midfielder who's played for with Carl Robinson before, and Carl Robinson has coveted this guy since day one him coming. To the club, he was right. desperate to get him in, um, and and you know, and he's you know he he shows straight away right in, in that opening kind of 19-20 minutes that he, he he's got something about him. He was, make, he was making contact with the game, to borrow a phrase from Chris Wilder. <laughs> he was making contact <laughs> with the game kind of really early on, um, but he went down injured. He was actually off the pitch. Um, when the goal went in, we were down to ten men temporarily. When that went, that goal went in, and as, as they were wheeling away and celebrating that goal, actually, my entire attention was on Samia Carruthers, who was him limping his way back behind the goal, um, and <laughs> oh, he no. he went off, um, and that's him now. But, you know, they're they're saying maybe three months that he's out. Oh no way, um, which is fucking classic, Oxygen United. It yeah. really is. Um, so so uh, Sam Smith, um, so the Reading loony, he oh, yes, then. Um, yeah. He came on um, at that point and that kind of screwed us up a little bit because we play this kind of four-two-three-one formation and Carruthers was on one side of the attacking midfield three right. um, and Sam Smith came in and he's a striker yeah, yeah. Um, and he came in and he's kind of playing that role and and, and it didn't really suit him. So, it was oh, difficult so they to stuck tell. him out on the right. Well, it was you know it's difficult to tell from because we were kind of quite far back behind the goal. It's difficult to tell whether we'd gone for a two up front or mm-hmm. whether he was dropping in as a number ten or he was. But either either way, he spent the entire game pretty much back to goal, midway inside the Barnsley half, um, which is not his position. I mean, I always, you can tell
0: right from the start. I always find it very interesting in these opening exchanges of the season uh, when you're lining up just like how the manager is going to play and. And the, it's the transition between the formations based on the substitutions that are required that are very interesting and telling, I think. Because it lets you know, like, how much of a game plan has, has your manager got? And does he know the team well enough to be able to have a series of different combinations, especially going forward, that, that he can move yeah. between? And, you know, I, it sounds like it sounds like the case with Robinson that he probably hasn't. And as we'll talk about later on, there's a similar thing uh, down at the School. I mean I think I
1: think in, 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 in my friend Steve was 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 talking about this like at halftime he was he was frustrated because we were essentially we you know we'd played with a certain formation a certain setup with certain personnel all the way through pre-season 20 minutes into a game we get an injury and we chuck that out the yeah. window and put essentially two two center forwards on the pitch um I mean I I I I am I kind of I agree with that point he's making but I th- I think I think it's a bigger problem in that I think part of the problem was, is that we don't have anybody to, 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 to come into that position and that we were already a, a, a thin squad kind of last season. We're an even thinner squad now, and I think that's just been flagged from the fucking rooftops mm. just how just how th- um thin our squad is. We're still in for a couple of other players with only a week left of the transfer window to, to go. We've still got well, I'll come on to this a little bit later on, but um we've we've got people who could be coming in to do that job. But fucking hell, you know, this is one of the guys we'd pinned our our hopes on. Yeah. Um and, and he's out with twenty after twenty minutes. Do, do, so do you
0: think that it's it's a it's a thing with with the sort of modern game, that there are a lot of managers uh, out there and a lot of teams in general that want to play in a specific formation. Like they really want to play in a very specific formation and that you end up going out and buying players that play in this formation and that they don't lend themselves easily to moving into other things. For example, a lot of teams these days don't play with two strikers, right? They play with some kind of other formation. Yeah, But if you buy... A right winger, attacking right forward, or an inside forward, they are often quite sort of specialist positions, and so you end up buying a couple of on those on the right a main and a backup player, and a couple of those on the left the same, but that lad probably can't play up front or off another striker because it's just not their game. So I think it's sort of limited because you end up with a squad full of these very sort of customized players for a specific system but as you know the world we live in the real world those those ideas go out the window after like you say after 20 minutes of a game and you have to revert to something else and maybe you end up with a bunch of players that aren't versatile enough to, to, to do that other stuff well i mean I
1: I, I I yeah i mean that's that's definitely the case at the minute um i think we i think that is a Prime example of what we were talking about earlier with Alex Mower in in Jack Payne because Jack Payne, everything we did went through him. I mean, he was creating everything that we that, that we did that was successful mm-hmm. and, and positive. Um, so that so when we lost him, it was it, you're suddenly trying to find somebody who has not only is that a style of player because he's he's quite short, he's quite quick, he's very strong, low center of gravity, but quite compact little fella. Um, but really good footwork and really good vision and really good fo- and and you don't get players like that at League One <laughs> level. So yeah, so what yeah. you're trying to then do is you're then trying to find um, another player who's similar who can adapt to play that kind of game. And again, you don't get... Quality enough players that that are able to adapt like that, mm. you know, like mm. kind of you know, utility, high quality utility men at League One level yep. is are yep. a, a, a fucking that they are they are few and far between. We're quite lucky in that we've we've uh, we've got one. Is one we unearthed ourselves it came came through as a young lad called Josh Ruffles, uh, but he's <laughs> much a more defensively no, minded. To be fair. Oh, it is. It really is. <laughs> he's a he's a ter- He's a wonderful oh, little player as well. Uh, we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about him throughout the season. But he, um, but but he's very defensively minded. He was not, not going to be in a position to 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 do that but um yeah so i mean it's you know a sense of frustration there with that 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 early that early season injury the the, the the next frustration was that the second goal that we conceded about 8 9 minutes later was exactly the fucking same goal mm, from the same position scored by exactly the same player oh, it, was, it, was, no. it was it was really oh, it was brutal um we and, and, and to be honest with you and Barnsley got their, their their tails up by by that point. I think we were looking a bit dishevelled and out of sorts from then on, and it was pretty much game over from that point. Um, we we kind of wheezed our way through till half time. Um, in the second half, it was just all Barnsley, and it was it was it was game over. They came through. Uh, their their their, their third and fourth goals are fairly late. I think there was one around the 70-75th minute, something like that, and then one right at the end of the game. Um, just before ninety minutes was up. Um, they very they look like hard. yeah, it very was, hard in that situation. They are away
0: from home. It's a new team. They don't quite know how to adapt. And yeah, it's easy to it's easy to give up the ghost, isn't it? I think
1: it is and, and and i think the the biggest issue is we were, we were up against a much better side i mean there's 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 no two ways about it just personnel wise and the fact that just in terms of the amount of time they've had together as a team um just natural talent and or you know and and everything they were just much better than us i think you know had we played them Two, three months into the season, I think yep. we'd, I, I'd confident we'd probably give them a reasonable game. Uh, but at the moment, we are not, we are not a finished article by a pretty fucking long stretch. So it was, it was, it was, it was fairly brutal stuff for Oxford. Um, we, they were exactly the wrong team for us to be playing first game of the season um, yeah uh,
0: it always seems to work out like that doesn't it but then I think that's just I, I guess that's what happens with smaller sides because probably you know 70% of the teams in the league are the wrong team to face well they
1: well they are and you know look I mean it, it, and obviously this is the way it's football fans and Oxford fans in particular there was loads of massive overreactions the, I mean there was I mean admittedly a very small number of people they're fucking people booing them off at half time like oh. Oh, that's not I mean, necessary. I mean, to be fair, it's you know, it's probably a boo carries quite a long way. It's probably about 10 people doing it, but sure. fucking, but Jesus Christ, get a grip. It's 45 yeah. minutes into the season, there yeah. is a long, long, long way to go, right? um yeah. and and it's it's pretty and like on when the third goal went in there was a fucking mass exodus all the, a lot of the people who hold themselves up in high regard is some of the uh some of the the big supporters you know the kind of the biggest loyal yeah. supporters they were all the fucking first out the door as well which is very disappointing to see is, but yeah. um but but you know I don't, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too negative. A, a, a good bunch of Oxford fans stayed around. I mean the vast majority of people stuck around. Um and and mo- for the to the for the most point applauded the side off the pitch as well. Um, nice. So you know you know because because most people are sensible. Yeah <laughs> you exactly. You know most yeah. people aren't idiots. But oh, and you know um, you've got um, so the whole yeah. season
0: ahead of you, so you don't want to start like too negative because where, where are you going to go? Where where have you got to go? Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: we we I mean that's a bit one one minor minor disappointing thing from our from our manager afterwards as well. Robinson uh, in his post match interview to gave it this kind of big. I really want to apologise for the fan they they were mm. amazing. Um, the the players didn't show anywhere near as much uh, passion on the pitches is is uh, is the supporters showed in the mm. stands. It's like for, for for my perspective, I think the manager should be fronting up yeah. with the team at this point. He shouldn't be throwing hanging them out to dry. He shouldn't be kind of like you know castigating them in front of um in, in front of the supporters you'd be saying look come on we've we've got some work to do here, we ex- we accept that, we're not the finished article, but I promise you we're gonna to pull together and all of that. But so yeah, a bit disappointing from me. Well, I wonder if there's maybe
0: that, but... maybe an unpleasant that team that he doesn't want to have around anymore.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think more, more more than anything else, and this is something we, could, we had a bit of a debate with a with a, a chap I get on with really well on Twitter actually. But he was, um, uh, I mean, he was saying that he he reckons that's as much uh, a bit of a siren call to the to the board. You know, we've got six days left right. in the transfer window. We've got to get some fucking people in. Um, I mean, I, I'm a bit more cynical about Carl Robinson and his the way he's, he's got a bit of a loose mouth. Um, but, but, but nevertheless, nevertheless, if he, if he does feel like he's been hampered in the transfer market, um, then he, you know, he does have every right to say so, but, but then, you know, have a go at the board. Don't have a go at the players. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, in this case, so somebody being more charitable to me than, than, uh, than me to him was saying that, you know, just seen this side absolutely hammered four nil. Mm. Um, you know, uh, cut him some slack. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it was his side. You know? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I quite. mean, it may, maybe, maybe an unfinished side, but nevertheless, it's his side. But you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's, he has my full support. That everybody has my full support. He gets, he gets a, a, a at least a full season, I think. Um, but you know, and, and this, and I don't think this is a demonstration of anything other than the fact that we haven't quite got our team together yet. Um, and and we played against a team who 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 really do. Mm, yeah. So you know, I br- really 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 brutal start to the season. But but you know that fucking hell. That's football. You know, like we'll.
0: I I think it's especially tough to get nothing because it was a four 0 mm-hmm. defeat right? And yeah, it was to to take nothing away. At least you could have nicked a golden a performance that gave you something. The real
1: the real frustration was is that John beaker and I got a bit of time for beaker because there were t- times over last season where he 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 came on in particular came on as a substitute when the team weren't doing anything, and then all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere he just turned everything around Yeah. Um. But he he had a bad old game. He really did, oh, no. and it he, he it's really frustrating because. Everybody started getting on his back because he was being a bit shit. Um, and it doesn't
0: help... It's so disappointing in the first game of the season. I know. It just, set, it just sets the precedent. It, it does. and, and, and like, You know a, a lot more fans go to those opening games as well. So a lot of fans that probably won't go to another game for five or six matches, that's in their head now. You know, those four and, matches. And like the, the, the biggest problem is, is that he...
1: He, he, there were moments where he got himself uh, quite far forward. There was one in p- moment in particular. He actually got in behind the defence. And I was just willing him, just willing him, please, Jesus Christ, John, just get in behind, get slot this passer-keeper, prove everybody wrong, and everything yeah. will be fine. Yeah. And then we'll be back on it. And everyone goes, oh, be- a Beakers fan is shooting. Poop. But he didn't. He got the, the the defender just got goal side of him, which I, I can forgive. I can forgive that. He was never going to be the fastest player in the world. But he then just, just like... Tripped over his own feet and tripped over the ball and just went down in a complete oh, fucking heap. No. And it's just like, dude, like, that, is, that is hard like, to watch, isn't it? On
0: the opening day of the season, it
1: is. You're just you're just desperately hoping that he can because he scored eight goals pre-season, right? And like, yeah. and like, just I mean, admittedly against against probably much worse opposition, but like, just like just. Sh- The fact that he was he was just not quite at the races, it wasn't falling for him, and then he just does something as fucking clumsy as that. It's just like you're not helping yourself here, (laughs) man. Like people are trying to defend you. Yeah, exactly. Give him something. Give him something to work with. But but hey, like, I mean, he, he seems like a reasonable, and decent, and honest kind of guy. So he'll be giving himself that shit as much as the rest of us. So
0: yeah.
1: But fuck it out.
0: A tough start for Oxford then away at Barnsley. Um, we'll take we'll take a very short break and then uh, when we come back, we'll uh, I'll fill you in on what happened uh, down in Reading at the midday scheme. Kick them up and down the training pitch. Right then. So after the woes of Oxford United up at Barnsley. It was a slightly different situation uh, at Reading in, in that... Well, I don't think there was too much excitement at Oxford, but, you know, you always start the new season with a little bit of hope, usually, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, gen- the general feeling amongst Royals fans this season is not that at all. Everyone is very angry. And before the, before the season's even begun the ball has been kicked, everyone is, is talking about it being a relegation battle year and everything else. And um, this is based on... Well, two years ago, we, we were nearly promoted last year we had a very poor season and managed to escape on the last day pretty much Um, and everyone's basing this on the fact that that happened last year and we haven't really made any exciting signings Um, i think that last year was a bit of an anomaly and that the team that we have with the players that we had even last season is is capable of doing much better like they're capable of being a solid mid-table championship team i think um, so I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed that the general consensus before a ball had been kicked was so negative. You know, I think you're better off starting with a little bit of optimism and then diving it back, uh, rather than going into the season with those really negative outlooks. So we uh, we went up to the um, to the stadium on Friday night for the opening game of the season, and there was a little bit of um, intrigue and a little bit of excitement around the game because it was Frank Lapard's first uh, competitive match in charge of Derby County.
1: Yeah, Frank Lampard managing Frank Lampard's Derby
0: County. He's very much so. Yes, and along with the uh, new along with the new pre for the team is uh, a sort of cavalcade of press that is following him around. So it's quite rare outside outside the Meadowside stadium to see, you know, the full Sky Sports set setup. Yeah. And, and there it was. There were like, three NEP trucks and loads of engineers and cameras and stuff. And then in the stadium, loads of journos and, and, and perhaps waiting around the dugout for uh, Frankie Lamps to come out. And my seats this year are actually right next to the red dugout, which is quite cool. I've never sat there before. Um, and it's really cool because first of all on the same road are all the youth players so you have to push all the youth players out of the way as you go to take your seat and then we had a great view of, um, of Clement and the, and the Reading bench and it's quite interesting you know you get a little bit of insight when you're that close to the manager to see what's going on and uh, and of course the Lampard so when he came out that was the big circus loads of cameras flashing away and uh, but he, he cut a fairly reserved figure on the touchline I have to say uh, there was a debate as to what kind of uh, outfit he'd be wearing between me and, and me and <laughs> Uh Johnno firmly in the suit category. I was saying controversially jeans and a shirt. Um but but John nailed it. He was he was in a quite fashionable suit looking pretty much exactly the way Rizzo. he's always looked, you know. Um
1: very very boring, boring and he's very me. boring
0: on the touchline. So he didn't do anything really apart from when they scored. This is what this is this is what this
1: is what gets me about this whole circus, right? Now, don't get me wrong, and I I understand that yeah. the draw of a high-profile celebrity footballer and stuff, and I get that. Um, to the point that when his name was being bandied around with Oxford, because um, he along with everyone like, took, else
0: in the world at
1: that point. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, not 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 last summer, the summer before. Uh, I think it's more or less accepted that he did have an interview at Oxford. Right. Um, and then, and then he was one of the strong kind of rumours. Although he actually denied, he actually spoke to Oxford this time round. But, um, but, but when when he was being discussed, I mean, it was one of the one of the discussion points around for Oxford fans was that, uh, like, do, do we want to be Frank Lampard's Oxford United? Yeah. There would be a, a little a little bit of the kind of fun being in the media spotlight to start with because it's just it's just you know you don't get a lot of press attention being an oxygen united fan apart from the one season uh, we got promoted out of league 2 with uh, Michael Appleton when we were fucking yeah. incredible and we were all of a sudden the tabloid papers I was sorry the broadsheet sports pages like kind of lower league darling but um but but at the same time like that's going to be exhausting oh, yeah. for derby fans because like because like like they are you know, they've, they've been fucking, they've got a proper history, yep. Derby County. They've been kind of bouncing around, kind of just underneath the Premier League, and and in, indeed in the top flight for best part of what mm. fucking half a century, right? Like they, they're and 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 all of a sudden they have no kind of full identity of their own. They're just a fairly kind of. Dour and uninteresting former Premier League stars, kind of fucking pet project, and nobody gives a shit about them, right? They're all all they're doing is watching watching Frank Lampard. Like, t- God, it's going to be hard. Exactly.
0: Work. Well, and I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something about that team before I go into the Reading stuff because I've got a few thoughts on on the Reading side. We lost two. One, we lost in the last minute. We literally lost with the last game, ninety fourth minute, which was brutal and hard to take. But. Um, for, for the majority of the match ready were actually the better team which was a surprise to everyone so that was a, a positive to take away from it but to talk just a second about, about Derby County they have a number of players that you've heard of you know that's kind of the that's kind of the situation they had David Nugent up front who I think is a Jesus Christ old. uh yeah, 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 they had, um, they've got Mason Mount, who is this young, under-20s England talent.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he had a um, big, big kind of, like, I mean, in fact, he was one of the the chaps who was on TV, wasn't he, over the World Cup? Yes, that's right, yes,
0: yeah, so uh, wearing a very questionable uh, onesie, I think, if I remember
1: Yes, right. that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, no no got... no no we looked into it he it wasn't a onesie we looked into oh, was it it. Not? it wasn't a onesie okay, no good, it was good. it was just like like kind of matching tracky bottoms and top okay but... well that
0: makes me feel a little, i don't know what's going on with 19 year olds to be honest but i'm pretty sure it's not a grey onesie yeah
1: i don't think you're meant to know what's going on with 19 year olds so do <laughs>
0: I know they're doing the dances from Fortnite. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, But there were there were there were there were many more older gents that I recognised in that team. There was there was uh, Curtis Davis, you remember? Curtis Davis, centre back. Um, There was also um, ex redding Alex Pierce, who came on as a substitute. And there was, you know, it's just basically a sort of ramshackle collection of, um, of fairly old and, and some new up and coming players.
1: I'm just looking down their squad list for the game. Is that is that Joe
0: Ledley as well? It is Joe Ledley. Oh, yeah, okay,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. He had a decent game to be fair, but they Frank Lampard's style is clearly the uh, possession base that will play out from the back. Brendan Rogers' style, right? And okay. um, it's it didn't work. It really, it didn't work at all. That They were clearly not a together enough side to be playing that kind of tactic. And for the first uh, 45, um, probably for the first 60, it gave Reading an awful lot of space to play in a defensive manner, you know. So we were able to push really high up the pitch, pressurise them. They made a lot of mistakes and we had quite a few chances early on. Um, and we looked far and away the better side. They were giving us the ball and our centre-backs were able to play out to the wings. Um, and it was looking fairly decent, you know. We, and it looked like it looked like the Lampard like effect was really quite a boring style of football, you know. Um, so I was expecting them to kind of be this rip roaring buccaneering type of team, and that's not the case at all. I find just to, to
1: interject there, as well, I find that kind of quite interesting slash like almost fascinating to see how. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean you're a brand new manager, right? I I starting your career as a manager. You've done, you know, you've done your coaching badges and stuff and you've done your your t- some of your time in your your under 18s or your under 20s or whatever. Um, when you get let loose on a, on a first team. Like you get to, well, I'm going to choose how we play football. Mm. I mean, how how fucking mental is that because some managers like I mean I no idea whether Frank Lampard's gone and decided to start playing in that way because that's based on the kind of players that he's got. As you suggested, that might not be the case with these guys. Um, so then he's basically got in his head, this is how I want to play and I'm going to instill this into the team. Now similar with Michael Appleton when he came to Oxford. He knew he didn't have the players to do it, but he persisted and persisted mm. and persisted to get the right players in to play a certain style of football. And like, and I like the fact that you get a, a blank sheet and you said, right, I'm gonna get and like and it then makes you wonder how how will you end up in the kind of Sam Allardyce camp if you've got that ability? <laughs>
0: do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, well, look at Ever- That's one of the complaints that people are making at Everton now because he is coming in and people do feel that he is sort of dumbing down the football a little bit. And I think it is hard to get away from that. And Lampard has set it all out that he wants to play this possession type football. Maybe he thinks he's going to turn. Derby County into uh, into Barcelona or Man City or something. But I cannot see that happening with the team they have now. But to move on to Reading, because although we did lose 2-1 and we lost in extremely painful style, um, there was a lot to take out of this game. So although we had this very negative... Um, negative feeling going into the game and in general the fans were fairly negative after the first half performed people were saying shit this team is better than we thought they were and and Clement has set them up in a way that that makes them look like a decent championship side and Derby who are widely considered to be you know promotion candidate um, we we had the better of them for most of the game and there's a few stories that I'll just bring up that I'm sure will be that will grow over the season so we played uh, we played the back four Without Liam Moore. So Liam Moore is, a, is, a, is a, well, I say young, I, don't, I think he's like 25 or something now, but a fairly young uh, centre-back who's had a lot of promise for a long time and had played very, very well for Reading last year, one of our brightest players. Um, and he handed in a transfer request just a few days before the start of the season. So the rumour is uh, that there's, there's some Premier League clubs interested in him and that Reading are going to screw them for as much money as they possibly can. So Moore is on the transfer list. He wasn't in the squad. He didn't He didn't. didn't appear anywhere near. And um, I think the general feeling was that that's, he's probably gone. So I'm expecting him to move on the next in the next few days. But that should be in our favour because they were talking about, you know, 10 million plus for this player, which is madness, I think, but fantastic if the club can, can get that for him. And um, so what we did, we played with Omar Richards, who's a young right-back. We played with Thiago Illori, uh Paul McShane and our new signing, uh, Yadom, who's this chap uh, right back from Barnsley. He was actually their captain for a period uh, during his spell at Barnsley, so he's clearly a lad that has something about him. And that that defensive four, even though it wouldn't have been anyone's first pick, I don't think, looked really good. And and that lad, Yadom, right back, has definitely got potential. He's extremely fast, and he was working very well with our right winger. So all in all, I out of all the negativity I thought fantastic he looks like he's picked a good a good back four and we still have Chris Gunter who obviously has a shitload of experience come back in and maybe he could play left or right so he could swap with Yadom uh but I expect Omar Richards as a young 20 year old guy is going to be one to, to miss out from that back four in the future um but I was really encouraged by that and then we had uh, Liam Kelly who's a who has been a running lad for a long time come up uh, through the youth system I believe and um He was playing alongside our new signing, David Myler, who came from Hull. who's a sort of grizzled uh, football league uh, central midfield player. And they, again, look decent. Liam Kelly has got a lot of potential, but he's tiny. He's like, he's like sort of five foot five or something. And it does, you do sort of wonder sometimes when teams come in, they they see a small physical character and they know they can bully them. Uh, and I worry that he may get bullied a little bit in that midfield when when it's just him and and Myla there. But what I loved about this setup, and what I really really liked about about what Clemen wants to do, is that he looks to be playing these two players that were kind of um, part, you know, bit part of players really last season because the could never really settle on an eleven, so we changed the team all the time. Um, but he played Mobarrow, who is an extremely pacey uh, wide forward. Um, on the left-hand side and he played Sonny Aluko on the right-hand side and those two guys were absolute dynamite absolutely incredible pace um, and, he, and I just thought this is exactly what we should be doing we should be playing with these two very very fast players but what he did to begin with was he played um, John Daddy Varsan who some people may have seen the World Cup playing for Iceland who is an incredibly average big man I mean, I'm a big fan of a
1: very average big man up top. I really, really, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, he can't do anything. I mean, he works very hard, but we were just watching, and because of where our seats were, you know, just over the halfway line, in the second half, we were witness to a lot of you know contested first headers, right, as the as the ball's coming in, and he just missed every single one. (laughs) (laughs) And every time, you're like, come on, John Daddy, win
1: one, just fucking win one. Um, that was one of the other issues that we had with um, uh, with John Abeka as well. Is that like fucking the amount of times he was going up against a, a fullback, and he, he he's 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 not a striker who's going to win you any headers. No, it's it not that he's so short. He just he just has no ability in the air like that. It's no, really frustrating.
0: It's so frustrating. So we we were just really getting getting stuck in a little bit while we're sitting in the uh, sitting in the stands there chatting about what uh, Bodvarsson was doing wrong and then Mo Barrow found some space on the left whipped in an absolutely pearler, pearler of a cross and Bodvarsson banged it in the bottom corner, was a fantastic header um, and scored Reading's first Excellent. goal of the season so we were put back in our box a little bit but what was interesting with the way they were playing Bodvarsson, Bodvarsson was playing up top as the big man and a player that I think has a huge amount of talent but never really has had the chance to show it is uh, an attacking midfielder called John Swift He's another player that was at one point a young English talent and is now a sort of, you know, mid-career English, maybe, talent. Um, And he played off Bodvarsson and had a few lovely moments. But he's one of those players that I just think really could be a special special player, but just can't ever seem to get on the ball enough. And he made a couple of really nice touches and um, a few little skills because he's got all the technique. But he never really gets the chance to show it off or do anything valuable with it. So he was playing as a kind of shadow striker, just in behind Bodvarsson And that, while create, while we did create the goal, we created it down the wings. And, and I don't think that formation really works. I'd love to see like a more of a a four three three type of thing where we have those two wide players and then a a, a more traditional striker rather than a big big man, you know? Because I think it plays to our strengths a bit. And. That almost came to fruition later on when um, Sam Baldock, who is our big money signing, uh, who came in from Brighton, he was a kind of, you know, third, fourth choice, I think, at Brighton, but obviously has a little bit of pedigree. And, and he came on, didn't really get a touch, didn't do much, but um, a guy who did was mitre who, um, who, who is a very, very powerful forward. And he did play for PSG at one point, Mitre. I don't think he ever really played any games for them, but he was there in the setup, and he did overlap with Clement. So it's possible that when Clement was there, he knew Mitre and knows what he's about. And so that might give him a little bit more of an opportunity in this team going forward. And when he came on, he was, one of the fans next to me said, um, said he was like a dog who had been let out of the cage you know he was just full of energy winning all the headers that Bodvarsson hadn't won before getting stuck into the opposition and really playing with a lot of, of, of passion and I, I really love to see that and it was great uh, in our new seats as well to see that up close and see, see a player who's really fighting for his place in, in the team
1: what is, what is that though when when footballers do that because and in, 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 again bouncing back to a beaker, that's what he, he would do when he would come on as a substitute and he would change the game for Oxford yet when he was starting whenever he starts he doesn't have the mm. ability Ability to, I mean, maybe it's because he's pacing himself over the 90 minutes, who knows, but, but it, it's it's when when players when really good players get that that really annoying tag uh, of being you know uh, an impact player off the bench which I fucking hate yeah. I mean I know it happens but I, I hate the idea of these super talented players you can only do it for 20 minutes I mean it's yeah. a nice option to have it really is in and, in and, and, and Oxford from Oxford's perspective um, we brought on Robbie Hall who who is one of my favorite players in a very long time but uh, but he's just been beset with injuries and he came on a fucking lighted the lit the game up, absolutely lit the game up when he came on for Oxford and he created so much. He did more in the like less than half an hour he was on the pitch than the rest of the team more or less put together. Um and it's just it's just it's just I mean Rob Rob Hall's just like that. He's just that kind. He he's he's as good as that throughout the game if he gets given the ball for ninety minutes. So it's frustrating slash I mean with with a new player in this in this situation for Reading, I guess it's different because you you've got somebody who's coming in saying I want I'm, I'm staking a claim on the place. But what, right. I guess what you hope is that when he, if if and when he does stake his uh, claim, he then. Puts it in, like you know, for ninety yeah. minutes rather than rather than just reverting down to a kind of a set of lower gear and just going through them, which is the most frustrating
0: thing in the world. It really yeah. is. I think I think part of his frustration was born of the fact that he was sitting on the bench, seeing Bodvarsson having a poor game. Yeah, and yeah. Then sees him bag a goal, and he's like, "Fuck," you know. <laughs> so he came on. He really went for. It. He might get a chance, and we've obviously got some cup games. There's an early Carabao Cup game that, that comes up in just. a... Uh, week and a half or something so yeah he might find his way into the team for that but i do think that because you know clement has been around a bit he had time at psg and he had time at swansea as well and a lot of our players we're full of these players that had potential five years ago at some of these larger clubs and it's funny because clement has actually crossed paths with a whole bunch of them so I I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see that influencing quite heavily the team selection especially over the first four or five games as he settles down but I was really pleased with the defense and I think the midfield is fine but I think a few tweaks to try and get our better players on the pitch more often would 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 see us actually having you know maybe not a, maybe not an outstanding but a reasonable season.
1: Yeah and well I mean and and I, and I think I think there's probably quite a lot for, for Oxford to look look forward to in terms of the players that they've got as well um it, it, to look forward to the season in, in in a similar way to Reading but the problem is 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 is, is plugging the gaps you know it's just finding the consistency by the sounds of it Reading have already clearly a, a enough depth um to, to, to do something. Um, but but although albeit though maybe not the right players currently starting the starting the game. Yes. But it, but it's <laughs> yeah. interesting from Oxford and I, I see I'm gonna bounce back to Oxford um, quite a lot, but um it was you know, a, a lot a lot of the people who came on are actually look like the ones who might be the ones who who do the most do the most damage for us. I think our our biggest problem at the moment is is our midfield looks really fucking lightweight, um, and we've got two defensive midfielders, and that's Josh Ruffles, who I talked about earlier, who's excellent. Um, uh, and Branigan, who's this uh, young like Cameron Branigan, is a young lad from from Liverpool.
0: Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and he's
1: talented and he's clearly. But we've got him in this really defensive role, and neither of them, uh, neither of them are playing. They they they, they don't have the, the the balls to play. They 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 they're not kind of. You need somebody who can break the game up in that position, you know. You need somebody who can really kind of have a proper battle, and neither of them, mm, yeah. well, either of those, would sit alongside like an Andy Wing or somebody like that, and actually kind of mop up when they're they're battering people around. So that's one of our biggest problems. Um, but we've got we've got decent players who are able to come on so like so we've got good players like just as you're saying reading are doing bringing bringing some high quality players on who are thinking it's something we i can i can have an impact on this game um but the but the trouble is 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 that they're trying to fit into a into a into a a formation that just doesn't seem like it's it's suiting them
0: um i think just what this goes back to exactly that exactly that point i was making earlier i wonder if some of these managers overthink it and and sort of manage themselves out of a squad if you know what i mean
1: and, and and i think i think part of it's okay if if you've got kind of if you've got backup in every position I and mean, we saw this with we saw this with um, um, Strong Muffin In the World Cup yeah. You know He had He had his formation And he had At least two Decent quality players Who can play In each of those positions So you know You always had Backup Regardless of what's Going on But you know Losing Carruthers As we did In the in, in the first half It was clear We do not have Another Samia Carruthers At the club um, yeah. and, and that has Kind of moved me On to the to, There's a long Way Long-winded way Of trying to move On to the Kind of the next point Which is looking Forward to Trying to bring Some players in Between now And the Transfer window because the transfer window closes early. Um, it, well, it's not it's early. The,
0: uh, well, it's early for us. I think it's the end exactly. of August for the football league, right?
1: That's right. I mean, basically, it's, I mean, I say it's early. It's, it, this is now when it
0: finishes because um, I mean, obviously, it used to be. Does? How does the Premier League? They just have everything in their favour. It's so frustrating. Not only do they get extra weeks before their fucking season has to start, they get fewer games. The season ends earlier, so it starts later, it ends earlier. They have a longer transfer window. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
1: The 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 the, stu- the stupid the thing is is that the um because the transfer window um the change to the transfer window was actually requested by Premier League teams um because they, they they were annoyed by the fact that their, their teams were getting disrupted in August it's like no 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 it, it's you guys that are doing the yeah. fucking disrupting it's our teams Absolutely. that are getting disrupted in, in in August and then so they bring it forward they bring it with the transfer window forward say well let's start it at the start of the season shall we that 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 would make sense so all of the dealers but yet yeah, it happens it happens the start of the premier league season <laughs> yeah. like ignoring the 72 other teams who start a week earlier yeah. so it's all dictated by their fucking rules but anyway that that aside we've we've got very little time to get anything done and obviously, one of one of the big um one of the big talking points around oxford at the moment is that um we're trying to get hold of or potentially have got hold of Ricky Holmes now again this is another player who um not not just Carl Robinson, but for former other former Oxford um, managers have coveted. He he's done a really good job up and down uh, the football league. He had a really good time on loan at Northampton when they got promoted, um, and the uh, and he's at Sheffield United at the moment. And he there was been on social media um, from one of our new loan signings, uh, an attacking midfielder from West Ham, whose name escapes Marcus Brown, who wasn't hadn't joined us in time enough to be involved in yesterday's game Um, uh, he'd put a Posted a, a photo on, on on Instagram of the training room saying, "Yeah, we're on un- underway. We're now training." There's got a picture of fucking unmistakably Ricky Holmes in the Oxford United training training uh, sessions, uh, which is fucking hilarious. And before it was announced, it then gets announced <laughs> by Sheffield United's kind of like a press office, a press re- uh, conference in Sheffield United um, that he's going to join Oxford. But he's nothing. No mention of him at Oxford. He then gets asked. The manager then gets asked after, and apparently people. Saw him at the ground as well, according to an angry man I spoke to in Sainsbury's. <laughs> um, so, 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 but apparently now, up, now there's rumours that, that, that I well from from the manager that either the chairman wasn't around to sign the papers and or Sheffield United were holding out. It's like, this whole thing's a fucking circus, and like this is this is a real frustration at the moment because we've got a half patched together squad, or you know, that's this clearly short of a bunch of players um, and. And we're here just struggling to fucking sign a simple loan very signing, um, and it's and it's it's it's, it's really really frustrating, uh, and, and this is the kind of thing will ultimately kind of iron itself out, I'm sure. But but fucking hell, just kind of. Yeah. And He he would he would have been ideal to come on for Sami Carruthers when he got yeah, injured. Yeah. So.
0: It is very frustrating, but you know one thing one thing that we're not short of uh, in this division is is opportunities to uh, to make. Corrections and to uh, not you know to lose games yes but to uh, but to win them and to bring teams back again and I think uh, we've got a very very tough schedule ahead of us I don't know who Oxford have got next but Reading are away at Nottingham Forest uh, on Ooh, Saturday. Oh shit, really yeah, so the, the you know the tough games come thick and fast in the in yeah the, in Oxford. The uh,
1: we are at home to Fleetwood, um, and we never fucking beat Fleetwood. So that's
0: <laughs> you know, that's, no, that's no good. Well, I think we've set things up quite nicely there. Hopefully, that's given people a little bit of an insight into the uh, players and teams. Uh, sorry, the players to watch out for in the two teams, um, and then we'll reconvene in slightly more uh, salubrious surroundings. Hopefully, in just over a week to to discuss the Fleetwood and the Nottingham Forest games and anything else you want to you want to get in this weekend
1: just, uh, just, just one, one, one final uh, moan. And I'm usually quite positive about <laughs> about football and positive about Oxford United. But I want to have a my. And this isn't this isn't the, the purpose of my moan. But um, Oxford were were, were in uh, for were having and had had on trial a chap called Michael Doughty from uh, oh, from yeah, Peterborough, yeah. Um, who um, who you know all t- all in terms purposes looks like a decent guy can can score a couple of goals here and there. Um, we turned him down. So actually, no, do you know what we do. We don't. Fancy him for whatever. Maybe he's just not good enough for us or whatever. Um, So Swindon Town. Oh
0: um, no.
1: Then I I know Swindon pick him up um, because he'd been on loan uh, with them previously. So fair enough. They they picked him up. Yeah, no problem with that. Um, And. He scored for them um, uh, on Saturday. He scored their first goal. Um, but then they, they, they conceded a couple and then they were 2-1 down in the 96th minute of the game. Um, they then subsequently got a penalty, which Michael Doughty converted. And then in the 98th minute, <laughs> they got a, a, another penalty, which Michael Doughty scored again. So this fucking guy, Ontario United turned down, go off and score a hat-trick including two very, very late injury time penalties for oh, fucking Sweden is a Town. That is that is an absolute yeah, do don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean that's League Two level. So he, you know, he, he it might just be that he's not good enough for League One, and fair enough. So I'm not saying necessarily that we should have signed him. It's just really frustrating that he's gone on and just fucking won a game from the jaws of defeat from those bastards.
0: but well, I'm hunting out hunting out the odds of you two meeting in a cup game, and Doughty getting the winner in that one. I wonder.
1: Oh, uh, that that do. that will definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: excellent right well thank you very much Andy and uh, thank you everybody for listening um, we will be back again in just over a week to discuss uh, the Forest and the Fleetwood Games and any other exciting transfer news that has happened in between now and then. In the meantime, you can catch us on WorldyPod uh, on Instagram. You can catch us on at WorldyPod on Twitter. You can email us at worldypod at gmail.com or you can find us on Podbean and iTunes and Stitcher and Tuning Radio and all those other fantastic places. So, Andy... Say goodbye to our, to our good listeners. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me, and we'll catch you another week on the yeah.